Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Creflo Dollar. Creflo is the founder and senior pastor of World Changers Church International. Every week, he speaks to thousands of people sharing the good news of Jesus. Creflo is a much sought after conference speaker known for his practical approach to the Bible. You can watch Creflo Dollar on Changing Your World Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Creflo Dollar will teach on the different kinds of prayer and their power. He will uncover the importance of grace-based prayer and will answer some common questions about the use of prayer in a believer's life. Let's dive into the message. We're going to contrast between the difference between um, uh, law-based prayers versus grace-based prayers. So we're going to spend tonight and, and this weekend, we're going to talk about prayer and uh, just how powerful it is. And one of the things I'm definitely going to deal with is, does God hear the sinner? <laughs> you know, just so much stuff going on with that. But now that you know the nature of God, I, I, I can almost guarantee you, you know how to answer that based on the nature of God. But we're going to look at the scriptures that people use and uh, show you some things. So this is going to be really interesting. I hope it stirs your life up, your, your prayer life up, and you really see what you got going on here. So let's begin with uh, St. John 1, 17. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, read. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so we've been making a contrast between the law by Moses versus the grace by Jesus Christ. What was true uh, under the law by Moses may not be the, the, tr the same truth uh, under the grace that came by Jesus. And so uh, we've, got to, we've got to compare and contrast not just the law that came by Moses versus the grace that came by Jesus Christ, but there's a lot of contrast. Contrast between servanthood um, versus sonship. Contrast between, you know, uh, spirit and flesh. Uh, contrast between, you know, all the things that happened before the cross versus the thing that happened after the cross. The requirements of, of salvation, the, the requirements of the blessings. Those things have to be taught in contrast so you can see what was the truth under the law and now what is the truth under the grace of God? Now, here's one thing we do know, Romans chapter 6, 14, for we're no longer, we're no longer under the law. Sin has no dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law, but you're under what? Under grace. So one thing we do know is that God has called us to live life under the grace that came by Jesus Christ. Under the law, it was about how well you would perform to deserve what you get from God. Under grace, it was all about what Jesus has already done and you believing and having faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. Now, let's begin this contrast between the law-based prayers or law-based praying 
versus grace-based praying. And I want to start off with, I mean, we might as well just hop right in it. What was praying like before the cross? What was, what was true about praying before Jesus went to the cross and, and shed his blood? Now, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Chronicles, if you will, chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. 2 Chronicles, chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. Now, as we look at this and we challenge ourselves with what we see, uh, now you're really going to have to hang on to what you know about this, all right? Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13, he says, uh, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, verse 14, here's, a, here's what you're familiar with, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. How many have ever heard that mentioned before as a Christian? I am identifying to you this tonight that that is a law-based prayer. Look at what it says. That is not a, that is not a prayer uh, based in the grace of God. There's a lot of things that this thing is talking about praying that Jesus has already done. All right, for example, my people which are called by my name, if they shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. All right, now watch this. He says, I'm going to hear from heaven. The, the, the whole thing is if you first, then he will second. So that, that's the problem. That is a pattern based under the law that came by Moses. The law that came by Moses is, is a performance-based covenant. It was a, it, it is a conditional covenant. This is conditional. This is a conditional prayer. This prayer says, if you do these things, then God will do these things. This is a conditional prayer. Under the grace of God, it's all, it's unconditional. All right. Now I'll show you some things here. The authority is mixed in with it, but now look at this. Then will I hear from heaven and do what? And, and I'll forgive their sins. Well, he forgave our sins already. He did it when he was on the cross 2,000 years ago. And his forgiveness of our sins was not based in what you did. Jesus forgave your sins. If you didn't do any of what he said at the beginning of this verse, this Jesus, now this is true under the law of Moses. This was, this was a requirement under the law that came by Moses. But for us today, we recognize that Jesus forgave our sins 2,000 years ago, past, present, and future. For you to pray and, 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 and make it conditional by saying, Lord, I, you know, I got to do these things first so you'll forgive me of my sins, that's just, that's not the grace, that's not, not grace-based praying. You're, first, of all, you're asking, you're, first of all, you're praying and asking God to do something he's already done. Remember I told you there are two prayers he'll never answer. Number one, he will never answer prayer where you're asking him to do something that he's already done. Number two, he will never answer prayer when you are asking him to do what he told you to do. All right? All right, now watch this. He says, uh, I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. He's already done that. The land, healing has already been released. Now, Healing has already been made available. It's up for this nation to receive the healing that's already been made available. The chaos in, in our land or anybody else's land, you know, I often hear people say, well, if, if, um, 
if God doesn't judge America, then he owes uh, 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 Sodom and Gomorrah uh, uh, an apology. No. No. Why? He's already judged everything. You got to understand, he's already judged everything. And, and under the covenant of grace, you receive what's already been done. You're asking God to do something he's already done. Healing has not only been made available for all of us as individuals, but healing has already been made available for the land. He ain't coming back to, to do something he's already done. This prayer is basically asking him to do what he's already done. For you as New Testament saints to pray that prayer today is for you to fall back to the law thinking that if my people, you meet the condition, then God will do that. Uh-uh. No, God's already done that, and now we need to believe by faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. This is how they prayed before the cross. This is a law-based prayer. Wow. Amen. Oh, man, should I say this, Lord? So is the Lord's prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom. Power. That is a law-based prayer that Jesus gave, actually was an outline to his disciples when he asked them, Lord, how should we pray? And we came years ago, and me included, and took the Lord's Prayer and tried to teach it and make it a New Testament prayer, it is not. And you can say it before every basketball game, every football game, and every special event. I used to do it at funerals. Everybody bow your heads and, and repeat the Lord's Prayer. I don't do that anymore. In, in fact, I'm trying to rewrite everything. We just released a, 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 a new wedding ceremony. Uh, we're doing, releasing new funeral stuff. I just, I don't even hardly carry a book with me now because I just, I ain't, I'm not doing that. All right, now, so it's a law-based prayer, and I'm sure people online are freaking out like, <laughs> just hang on in here, honey. This is going to be a great time. Now, look, look, at, look at this, Ezekiel 22 and 30. Look at this. This is before the cross as well. Now, remember 2 Corinthians, that, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that is a before the cross prayer. That was before Jesus died, shed his blood. Here's something else that happened before the cross. Look what he says. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So right here before the cross, notice they were saying, we were looking for somebody to stand in the gap. And now y'all know, going to church, that You've heard good old Christian people saying, well, let's stand in the gap. Tonight we're going to stand in the gap. All right, there are two things wrong. When he needed somebody to stand in the gap, he couldn't find nobody. Now everybody wants to stand in the gap. 
but there ain't no gap no more because Jesus now, <laughs> Jesus is now the one that stands in the gap. So don't be praying no prayers where y'all looking, Lord, we decided we're going to stand in the gap. We're praying for such and such and so, standing in the gap. That is old covenant law based before the cross praying. Don't do it. Standing in the gap was something similar. It was a mediator. There was no mediator. Let, let me show you something that's just really good to know as a Christian. Uh, there, there was, in the book of Job chapter 9 and verse 32 and 33, there was a phrase that was used. And, um, you know, these people were frustrated because they was like, man, if we had somebody that could stand between us and God, then maybe they could speak God's word to us, lay hands on us, but we have nobody to stand before us and God. And Job referred the, to this mediator as a daysman. Look at this in the verse 32 and 33. For he is not a man as I am, uh, that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. Verse 33. Neither is there any daysman. Now translate it, that word, mediator. Neither was, is there any daysman between us that might lay his hand upon us both. So he says, before the cross, there was no mediator between God and man, and they used the term daysman, or no mediator between God and man. So before the cross, there was no mediator. But was it always like that? Well, no. Look at what he says here in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2.15. I'm going to show you four scriptures because I never want this to be a question. 1 Timothy 2.15. Now, let's look at 1 Timothy 2.5, Hebrews 9.15, excuse me, and then John 14 and 6, and then Hebrews 8 and 6. <laughs> All right, 1 Timothy 2 and 5, he says, for there is one God and how, how many? One mediator between God and men the man, Christ Jesus. How many of you know, after the cross, Jesus is in the gap? I said Jesus is in the gap. Jesus is our mediator that stands between God and men. Look at Hebrews chapter 9 and 15. Jesus is the mediator that stands between God and men. Now, this is so very, very important. In, in Hebrews 9, 15, check this out. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. So there's our mediator between God and men in this New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, the first testament being the law, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So we see Jesus as the mediator or the daysman that stands between God and man. He's the mediator of the New Testament. Look at John 14 and 16. John 14 and 16. If you'll start noticing in traditional churches, you hear all of this stuff and you think, where did that come from? And most likely it came from before the cross type of praying. Um, John 14 and 6, I apologize. John 14 and 6. And he says here, he says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, the mediator. That's awesome. There is no other religious 
personality that can say what was just said here. No man can come, come to the Father except by me, Jesus. Not by Buddha, not by Mohammed. Jesus is the only one. Well, what, what makes you think Jesus is on? Because he's the only one, the only way to the Father. He's the only way to the Father. If you're going to get to God, you got to go through Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Mohammed don't even have the directions. <laughs> Buddha don't even know if it's north, south, east, or west. But Jesus said, if you're going to get him, I am the mediator. I am your daysman. I stand between God and you. Boy, that's exciting to me. And then one more, Hebrews 8 and 6. Hebrews 8 and 6, I stand between God and man. I have filled the gap. Amen. Hebrews 8 and 6, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So Jesus now is the mediator, not only between God and man, glory be to God, but he stands between that old covenant and the new one. I like this. You can't get from the old to the new, except you go through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Somebody just say that name for me. Jesus. Jesus. That's, 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 that's what our whole lives are about. It's not about a whole bunch of principles, and, and thank God for principles, don't get me wrong. It, it is about a man, and his name is Jesus. Hey, join me in making Jesus famous. Because we have, we have forgotten about what this, is, what this is all about. We keep trying to make it about us. It's about Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Now, if it was Sunday morning, I, I would have to preach that thing like a Baptist church. Jesus, my sweet rose of Sharon. Jesus, my lily of the valley. Jesus, I have to spell it for you, J-E-S-U-S. I did it one time and forgot an S. All right, now, what about then New Testament prayers? Now, I'm going to make just a comment on this. I, I, my, my, my intention in this series is not to show you all of the promises of the New Testament, but I want to hit something so very, very important. In New Testament prayers, we are not praying to try to get God to do something. Let me give you a very general definition of a prayer that my father, my spiritual father and I, years, we, a year way back, talk about. And he said something that just struck my spirit. He said, prayer is really saying to God what he's already said through his word. And then over the years, and as I begin to understand the, the grace of God, I, I want to put this to it. Prayer is saying to God what Jesus has already accomplished through this covenant of grace. So here's the difference. New Testament praying is all about praying what has already been finished. It's praying finished works. It is not trying to get God to do something that is already done. It is praying in line with the finished works 
of Jesus. It's praying in line with the promises and the guarantees of this new covenant. So here's what it sounds like. Let's say you're praying for healing. Old covenant will say, you know, Lord, I'm going to be good and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that. And if I do that, Lord, please heal me. New covenant says, Father, you healed me 2,000 years ago and I give you praise that I am healed. I don't know what these people be talking about who be praying English for like a long, long time, using words over and over again and trying to use the Elizabethan language and stuff like that. It is real simple. I was praying for somebody one time and it went by so quick, they opened their eye like, is that it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that healing was made ready 2,000 years ago. Now we appropriate and take hold of it in Jesus' name and thank you for it. Provision. Father, I thank you that on that cross, everything we'll ever need pertaining to life and godliness, we already have it. And Lord, I thank you that you are our provider and we receive it now in Jesus' name. The whole covenant is about belief in what Jesus has already done. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that I walk in the favor of God and I believe I receive the job that you want me to have and the one that will cause me to be happy and I give you praise for that right now. Your prayer is, is, is wrapped in thanksgiving and praise about what Jesus has already done. We have been praying New Testament prayer. If you find yourself begging God, trying to get him to do something right now, oh Lord, my kind heavenly Father, here we are once more again. A few of your humble servants gather here in your name. It's like you're trying to grease his palm up or something. <laughs> and Lord, I got a mother in that land. Your mama's sitting right, by, right there by you. you, you know, uh, Lord, I got a father in that land. Just trying to grease him up. But if you can stop by just a little while longer, then we know everything will be all right. Lord, everything will be all right. Stop by, stop by, stop by, stop by, stop by. See, my question is, is Jesus a visitor or a permanent resident? Okay. It's wrong. It may look and feel good, but it accomplishes nothing. For you to pray those prayers is for you to absolutely say, I do not believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ. For you to even attempt to try him to, to get him to do what he's already done is for you to say, I do not believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ. Yep. Our prayers are based on what is finished. That's how we pray. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying about what is already done. And the Holy Ghost provides the wisdom for us to begin to pray for what is already done. The Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues was not made available to us until Jesus died and sent the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God in us and to give us the grace-based gift of praying in tongues to further that communion with him. And most of the time, to stir up what we already have. 
Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Creflo Dollar. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.